Good morning, and welcome to Obreeders Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, July 26, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 84, the second paragraph. Today's readers are Santa H., Martha Z., and Amy G. The reference number from Monday, July 25th, is 8941. That's 8941. OA Preamble. Obreeders Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's, our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will ask Diane G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. So grateful to be here with everybody today. 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. I will now ask Rita P. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Rita P., a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Arkansas. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, 
For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for early membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, in an OA group, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Rita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 84, the second paragraph. I will ask Santa H. to begin reading. She's going to read two paragraphs, and we will focus our comments on the second paragraph. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa H., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater, living in a solution one day at a time. This thought brings us to step, to step 10, which suggests that we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously com- commence this way of living as we clean up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. 
love, and tolerance of others is our code. We have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. By this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in, in liquor. If tempted, we recall from it we recall from it as a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. And we will find that this happened this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor afraid. This is our experience. This is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. All right, set my timer here. Again, my name is Santa H. Gratefully recovered. Okay, um, the first paragraph was pretty much letting us know the action steps of what I need to do on a day-to-day basis. Living in step 10, which is a combination of doing step 4, step 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And as a result of doing that on a consistent basis, the next paragraph, which I'm focusing my time on, talks about what will happen. What are the promises that will come true for me? And so I look at this as promises, but I also look at this as my checklist. And I'm doing the work each and every day. I love where it says here the will and the have. And I have them circle. And, of course, I have the if circle, too, because the if for me is the Paul statement. But the wills were letting me know that this will happen based on these people's experiences. It has been my experience as well if I do the work. And so the whole purpose of all of this that I, I love about this whole paragraph that really stands out for me the most is that, um, first of all, not to have the desire to eat compulsively, but I think the crux of it all for me is this place of neutrality, this place of being centered, this place of being whole, this place of being in the oneness with the universe once again. And so in here, some of the things that really stuck out for me um, as I was reading this is that where it says um, we see fighting anything or anyone. And I remember when I first <laughs> when I came into the program, it, my goal every day was to fight somebody and to look back now over the three years and know that um, I will run like a plague from a fight in a minute. And that even included my thinking. And then the other thing that the second line in here where it says, by this time, sanity will have returned and not realizing that before I was not an insane person. But now as a result of doing this work and living this program, not just reading it, not just um, um, talking about it, but really living this stuff, I really see how my day is full of great sanity. And then where it says we seldom be interested in liquor, that doesn't mean that I would never. But I have to say it's been a gradual process for me over time. In the beginning, it was a lot of seldoms. <laughs> now it's very rarely seldom that I, I have a desire, and I can't even remember the last time I had a desire for my compulsive eating. And I think the reason being is because I have found a weapon through these steps of how to stay in neutrality. As long as I stay in neutrality, I don't even have the thought of eating something compulsively. And so what it says, if, that means I pause. 
And if I do, if I feel tempted in any way, which which can does happen seldom, that I will um, recall from like a hot flame. So my mind automatically uh, have a new way of thinking, a new way of reacting, a new way of responding. And I will stop there. There's a lot to share here and allow my other fellows to continue on with this conversation. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Santa. Now, very calmly, very slowly, if you would care to share, we are likely going to stay in this section. So just relax and say your name. Melissa C. Larry. Melissa. Tina S. Nessa. Carolyn S. H. Lynn S. Okay, okay, stop, please. Okay, Larry K, Melissa C, Nessa R, Carolyn something, uh, Nessa R, Melissa C. Okay, now if uh, I'll take four more. Kimberly L. Chrissy L. Lynn S. Kimberly L. Lynn S. Nancy R. Nancy R. Okay. Okay, that's um. Kimberly L. Okay, let me uh, just get this here. Lena, Tina. What, Tina, what's your initial? S. Okay, Tina S. Okay. Okay, so we have Larry K., Melissa C., Nessa R., Carolyn, two letters, Chrissy M., Kimberly L., Lynn S., Tina S., and Nancy R. Okay, so Larry K., you got the prize. You're number one. Followed by Melissa C. <laughs> um, the last shall be first. I don't know. Um, Katie, thanks so much for your for your service. Larry K. Uh, uh, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so the, the the first line um, is what you know we often refer to as this in the in the ten step promises here. Um, also should be consideration of a direction as well for taking the ten steps. So you know it says uh, Santa Red. We have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Now, now this this is 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 not easy for a guy like me, because life can deal me some pretty ugly cards on occasion, and um, yet I am committed to making this a priority to move in a spiritual direction. When you know where I no longer fight with anything or anyone, when I'm running the show, my natural inclination is to fight. See, I'm a fighter. I fought against authority. I fought with my family. I fought with cookies and french fries. I battled with my weight. I fought with my internal demons. I fought to prove my worth as a human being. <laughs> so the, the big book provides us with spe- uh, specific instructions on how to rid ourselves of these, these self-centered behaviors. And first, I, I have to continually realize just as I affirmed in step three, that these self-directed battles are not consistent with my creator's plan for my life. And and they're going to lead me back to wrapping a band around my upper arm, getting out a syringe, and injecting myself with cookie dough and ice cream. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like the heroin. But conversely, the big book affirms that if we do the work of one through nine and, and of course, apply the 10th step on a daily basis, God will remove the obsession to eat. Then no more need for syringes, no more need for vomiting in the bathroom stall at work, no more need for secretive late-night runs to McDonald's or wherever you go. 
I've been to all the places. No, no need to pick a fight with your spouse. No more need to curse your boss. See, I think of, of step 10 like this. You know, it's kind of simple shorthand. If we remove our garbage promptly, our house doesn't, doesn't stink. You know, and, and that's what it's like. I've, I've been given a daily reprieve contingent on the, the fit spiritual condition. I have to do what I did in step three. I have to do kind of a four through nine. Step 10 gives me the tools in which to do that. I'm always going to be an imperfect human being. I'm never going to rise above that. But I strive each day with God's help, with my creator's help, to, to live better. That's what this gives me. And, yeah, with that, I've been given this, uh, this nice reprieve. Thank you, God, for that. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And up next is Melissa C., followed by Nessa R. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, This is like my favorite, favorite part because, um, you know, to not be fighting the food anymore, that, um, you know, when I first came in, that was like an incredible dream that I could never even imagine. Um, You know, but I ceased fighting anything or anyone, even food. Uh, This is miraculous. To no longer be interested in the food um, and when I'm tempted, which thankfully is really rare. Um, I recall from it like a hot flame. You know, for me, it's like the lie no longer works. Um, for years, all, in fact, all my life, the food looked so appealing. You know, it had me under its spell, and I would fall for the same old line again and again. It's like I couldn't see the truth. Um, but today, you know, I see the food for what it really is. It's, it's like the mask has been removed from it. And it's true face is revealed, and I don't have to fight it. It's not, you know, I don't even have to avoid the candy aisle in the store. I can actually serve people cake. I've made gingerbread candy houses um, with my students, my kids. Um, I've spooned frosting into bowls for them. I've touched candies. And the desire to lick the spoon, you know, is about as appealing as licking glue for me. Um, The candy, it looks like glitter, you know. It's pretty and colorful. But the thought of eating it is non-existent. Um, this is a dream, you know. This, but this has been my, this is my reality, and I'm not cocky about it. Though I know if I play around and I begin to experiment with these foods, my allergy would be activated. I also know that if I let up on my spiritual work and I don't stay in fit spiritual condition, um, the desire to experiment and test my resolve, it would be too much for me to resist, and it would bring me to ruin. So, you know, the question is, how do I stay in fit spiritual condition? Uh, The big part is I don't fight. You know, I carry God's will with me all the time. How can I best serve thee? How can I carry the message? How can I be other-centered? This is where I do my work. I ceased fighting everything. I no longer fight things. I used to fight everything. Only I was too nice um, or scared to do it out loud, so I held grudges resentments, I didn't confront others, I would gossip and complain and look to see how I could change other people, you know, convince them, or I convinced myself I was superior and I stood in judgment. And today I remind myself often that this is lethal for me. I don't fight anything. My answer must always be to pray for acceptance, 
love and tolerance is my code. And if that's my mindset, then the food just doesn't call my name. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And Nessa R., you're up, followed by Carolyn. Hi. Good morning, Vision, for you. Um, This is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto. Um, I love these promises. Um, For me, these promises truly describe what recovery is, much more so than the nine-step promises, which are a lot more popular. But the one that always captures my, uh, my heart, I guess, is if tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons. Firstly, there's two promises here. One is that I will be tempted because recovery doesn't mean that I am cured. You know, indeed, you know, um, in, a, in, in the following paragraph in page 85, it says we are not cured of alcoholism. So I will be tempted. I'm not cured. I'm not perfect just because I am recovered. I will be tempted. But, and this is a huge but, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. You know, that means that when I'm tempted, when the mental obsession kicks in, I will not succumb and get back into the well-known stages of a spree. And the second reason why I love this promise is because this is the second time in the book that uh, this concept is addressed. The first time is exactly 24 pages before where it says there is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. So in page 24, we don't have the defense to keep our hand from a hot stove, but here we recall from it as if from a hot flame. So does that mean that the big book is contradicting itself? So which one is it? You know, do we not have the defense or do we recoil? And the answer is in the intervening 60 pages between page 24 and page 84. And it's all the work of the steps to, through, at this point, 10, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and now 10. Uh, We have done all that work. We have unblocked ourselves, or I have unblocked myself from my creator. I am keeping myself unblocked from my creator through the work in step nine, in step ten, after having unblocked myself um, using the uh, the previous nine steps, and that's what gives me the ability to recoil from uh, my temptation, I say, from a hot flame that I didn't have 60 pages before when I was just starting the process, and that's why I think this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful promise because it tells me where I started, you know, without the defense that keeps me from putting my hand on a hot stove. And it tells me, after you do this process, if you do it thoroughly according to the big book, this is what you're going to get. You're going to have that defense because God is with me, because my will is aligned with God. And so now he's doing for me what I cannot do for myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa. And Carolyn, you're up, followed by Chrissy M. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service, Katie. Um, sorry, we almost mauled you there. Um, this is Carolyn uh, F.H. in Massachusetts, Grateful Recovered uh, Compulsive Eater. And I was so excited. I'm setting my timer. I was so excited to share on this uh, paragraph because um, we react sanely and normally. We find that this has happened automatically. Um, and we have seldom in, 
uh, we will seldom be interested in liquor. Um, the other uh, night I was walking around a hot summer night with a friend of mine um, uh, in this beautiful area where there's lots of shops and a lot of people were out. And I said, do you want to get an iced drink? Um, and she goes, oh, I would love that. And I pointed to a place and she said, and she looked at me, she said, oh, I thought you said ice cream. Um, and, I, and I said, oh, well, and she's not a compulsive eater. I said, well, you can get ice cream. And she knows my story. Um, and I said, it's okay. We can go to an ice cream shop. So um, we went to an ice cream shop where I used to go daily. Um, and I was so fine. It was, I actually enjoyed going in there because of the atmosphere. People were so happy to be getting ice cream, and my friend was so happy. Um, and it did not, like was previously said, it did not even speak to me. Like the colors were pretty, and, um, but I didn't, I didn't want one at all. Um, and I am just so grateful for that. Um, and the piece about um, reacting sanely and normally. So I believe Bill is really speaking um, the opposite of what he described in step two in more about alcoholism, how he went through all those examples of the jaywalker and Jim and Fred and the insanity of the first drink, um, the peculiar mental twist on page 33, um, the uh, mental phenomenon, um, the insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink that's on page 37, and then Fred describes on 41, um, as soon as I regained my ability to think. So it's previously been shown us in more about alcoholism in that chapter, like the insanity and, uh, of the way that we react, the way that I react to, um, to sugar and to, food, to certain foods, to my bigger foods. Um, and that is what has been removed. Um, to me, that's a big part of the for by this time sanity will have returned uh, in this paragraph. And the same part is, and, and um, things like at, at work, there um, once a week there are s'mores that are put out um, and it's make your own s'mores in the, in, it's in the main area where everybody goes and everyone's always excited about them. And I can walk in and out of there, but once, um, and my time's almost up, so I'll finish up with this. There was one week I was really having a hard time. I was very resentful and angry at somebody. And I literally had the thought, I looked at the, at, at the s'mores and I thought, hmm. And I almost gasped inside myself. Um, and that is a sane reaction for me, for me to know that that thought is crazy. Um, and uh, I knew right away I needed to do some spiritual work. Uh, so that's all for me. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Carolyn. And now Christy M., followed by Kimberly L. Good morning. Christy G., Recovered Compulsive Reader and Anorexic from New Jersey. Um, fight, the fight that I used to have with life is to get my own way. Not It didn't look like I was out there fighting tooth and nail you know, against people, and I wasn't angry, and I wasn't stomping around. Well, not all the time, sometimes. Mostly what I was doing was in my mind trying to make things happen. You know, so I was fighting with life. It's the opposite of accepting life on life's terms. And for me, what happens is 
when I live like that and it's it's living in a panic and living in fear, I need comfort and ease and I would turn to the food and just the paradox of not fighting anymore, just surrendering to God's will and knowing that all that I'll be taken care of. I mean, truly believing that, knowing that the way I was living life wasn't working and that letting go and trusting what the people in this program told me about living life another way, about releasing and trusting in a higher power and and seeing the benefit of that, seeing how my anxiety washed away and my need to compulsively overeat washed away when I changed my attitude. And it, it says that if we if we have a higher power and we take a certain attitude towards that higher power, that's when recovery starts to happen. So it's really, you know, in, in that way, that's that's where I can exert my will. I can exert my will in using using my mind actively to stop fighting when I get the thoughts that it's all up, it's all up to me to secure my place in society and to make my way and to trust in God that He's going to provide for me. It's a complete a complete exertion of my will to change those thoughts. And and it's through the process of the steps that I get even the chance to work on having that change. And I like that it says that it happens to us, but there there is a portion in there that we have responsibility for. We have to we have to avail ourselves to that process, to that experience. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chrissy G. And Kimberly L., you're up, followed by Lynn S. This is Kimberly L., recovered compulsive overeater from outside Atlanta, Georgia. And I just, I cannot believe that this paragraph has come true in my life. Um, I can remember when I first started working um, vision and started working the steps with a sponsor, and I would talk to recovered folks. And they would describe to me about certain foods they would have in their house for their family and things that they would prepare for their kids. And I thought there is no way because I'm the type, which is probably like many of us, I cannot tell you how much food I bought for my family only to binge on it and then to throw it away. The amount of money that I have wasted is, is ridiculous. And today, as a result of working these steps, I can have all kinds of food in my house for my family, and I am not tempted by it. There are times where I might think, oh, that looks good. And what I've learned to do um, is just say, thank you, God, not my food. Thank you, God, that I do not have to run to that and that I don't have to kill myself with that anymore. But the last sentence is really sort of the kicker for me, is that is how we react as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. If I am not in fit spiritual condition, I will not realize these promises. And that takes daily work. And I know I've shared this um, on the line, but I truly thought that once I got through my fourth and fifth step, and, you know, I made a list and I started doing my amends that sort of the work would not necessarily end, but I would get to rest a little bit. And boy, was I wrong, because really 
I do as much work today as I did back then to ensure that I keep in fit spiritual condition. And I don't do it perfectly. And I have not been doing it well over the last couple of days. And I have been irritable, restless, and discontent. But thank you, God, that shifted yesterday um, as a result of doing some hard work. And, um, and I am in a much better place today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lynn. I mean, Kimberly L. Lynn S. is up, followed by Tina S. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. There are some parts of the big book that almost become mystical for me. I don't know if that's the right word. I can't explain it. But it's, it's a whole different feeling settles on me, and my heart just soars, and I get lifted up, and this is one of them. I can, I'll never forget the first time I recall reading this particular part in the big book, and I remember going, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's what happened to me, and I, I thought, that's exactly, that's put into words what happened to me, and I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe it, um, especially the part it says, we will see that our new attitude towards food has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. And it's one of those things that I have learned in program is before program, I always worked so diligently to get thin. I worked at the gym and I did this and I, I worked at the diet or I worked at taking the diet pills or I worked at going to therapy or I worked at the, you know, this, or I worked at how to lie to them and say I was doing it but not doing it, and, and all this stuff. There was all that effort going on, misguided effort, I guess. And it's not to say that I don't work in program. I do work the program, and I do work in program, but I'm not working for a specific end, if you know what I mean. And I'm wondering, it's just coming to me now, I'm wondering if that's because, you know, we put our faith in God we put our trust in God, we do the footwork, but we let the outcome be in God's hands. I'm wondering if that's the difference now, it's just hitting me, but um, I just can't tell you how much these few lines uh, speak to me. You know, like the food, we're put in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. I could never be safe and protected without God. It does not exist for us. I, I, I just love it. It's, um, it's just, it, I, I'm reading every sentence now, and even now it's making me stop and think, so I guess I'm kind of scattered. I just know that this part lifts my soul. I open up to it. I respond to it. I am ever so grateful. And why on earth people call these the hidden promises, I don't understand, because they're right there in black and white like everything else is in the big book for us. I am so grateful for the book. I'm so grateful for Bill and Bob. I'm so grateful for this meeting. Right now, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for my abstinence and the recovery that I have. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn S. Tina S., you're up, followed by Nancy R. And then we'll open it up for more people. Thanks, Katie. Uh, Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow. Some great stuff this morning, as always. Uh, yeah, what a great paragraph. Give up the fight. You know, I was finally able to give up the fight one day at a time. I love what you shared, you know, one day at a time. What am I doing today for my recovery? And um, 
this this paragraph is just so packed with all the promises and and I too you know I get chills when I think about it I've been just so blessed to experience these um as long as I'm doing the work you know and it says seldom interested in liquor you know and um what a miracle that certainly was not the case for me before and and to be able to react sanely and normally you know that too miraculous uh you know and this for me you know happened over time you know and i think in the 10 step it talks about you know we return to sanity but you know i pray for this on a daily basis you know and i and i ask god to keep me sober absent and sane daily and you know and i knew when i know when i do he does and um you know i try to cultivate this relationship with a power greater than myself that you know will do the deal for me you know when i rely on tina i'm screwed and you know a lot of this stuff you know position of neutrality you know and i loved what i heard earlier you know me and my partner just recently went on vacation to annabelle island and there was a time in my life when you know i was not concerned about the normal year and what they may have wanted on vacation i was just trying to bar against what was going to attack me and you know and today you know it's just that position of neutrality i could go anywhere and and be with anyone and as long as i invite god in i'm i'm okay today safe and protected you know and i also like what it talks about at the end of the, this paragraph you know the problem has been removed and certainly was not by me you know uh lack of power is the is the problem for me you know and um by cultivating a relationship with a power greater than myself i'm able i am able he enables me to keep in fit spiritual condition and with that i pass thanks Thank you, Tina. Nessa R., you're up. I'm sorry, not Nessa, Nancy R., sorry. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good morning. I am Nancy R. I'm so uh, grateful uh, for this opportunity to speak. Uh, my grandmother, my southern grandmother, used to always tell us, uh, if God has done something for you, you need to tell somebody. And uh, God has done for me what I certainly could not do for myself. And I sometimes I I hate to, I'm ashamed to say it, but it's, I take it for granted. So this morning to be reminded of this great gift um, is just such a blessing. I had a a visitor from program this summer in my house, and uh, my husband eats this rich dessert every night, and she remarked about it. She said, boy, that must be really something. I have to see that every day. And it just dawned on me. <laughs> I see it, but I don't. And I was I was just overcome. And I said, you know what? I don't even notice it. And that, I mean, that is the honest to God's truth. It's every week he gets one. And I was a sugar addict from way back. There's no way I could not be in that stuff without the help of a higher power. Uh, you people taught me when I came into the rooms that I had a living problem, a thinking problem. I thought food was my problem, but it was the way I thought and my actions. And uh, Sunday, I was in a very emotional meeting at my church, a place I love. And this program has taught me when people are angry, you know, be quiet, nobody. You you can't make people think the way that you want to think. And I saw lifetime relationships broken, possibly. Uh, feelings hurt because of what people said. And I sat there, and I just uttered a prayer. And that's because of what I've learned in this program. I don't know the solution to anybody's problems. 
not even my own. So I have no amends to make to anybody. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed, but people will do what people will do. And it's only as a result of trying to live this program as a way of life. And for that, I am so grateful. I am just so grateful. I know when I'm upset, it's because people are not doing what I want them to do. And I look at myself. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Who else would like to share on this second paragraph? Charles H. Judith R. Renee C. Chelsea H. Reva P. Vanessa O. Okay, I think I'm going to have to stop with, um, let's see, what time is it? Okay, let's go with Charles H. Judith R. Renee C. C. Chelsea H. Reva P. And Vasa O. I think that'll be, we may not even get to all of those. So, Charles H., you're up. Thank you very much for your service. I ain't going to take three minutes because I'm not even one of them dudes that's like that. So, page 84, great page, 10 step spiritual principle, perseverance. And, and I got to say this without even going to the 10 step first. The last sentence in the ninth step, they will always materialize if we work for that. And and and, and, and the promise in the tenth step, and we see, have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Um, there, there's no white knuckling right here. Um, but there's some work to be done on a daily basis. Like for yesterday, uh, that resentment I had with my grandson with the umbrella, you know, I had to work that through. It sounds stupid, but, you know, it's not. I'm not tripping over bowlers today. Uh, it's those pebbles in, in, in my shoes that really trip me up. So so even the stuff that be like, you know, people, ah, umbrella, you could buy. Those are the things that will make me bench. Surrender to win. And, you know, if a newcomer's on the line, chances are there is one that thinks this is all crazy. Uh it don't take long to make this decision. I've been doing some research um, because if I don't make this decision on a daily basis, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bench. There's no doubt about it. A vision for you when uh, Bill and Bob was working with Bill D. They went down. They said put him in a room for two weeks, two days. They came down and said we're gonna give you the program of action, right? And you know he was saying I used to be good for the church and I used to do this and I used to do that. And and there's a place where it said. You know, the next day found him more receptive. So about two, three days, the big book is saying in a vision for you that you can make this decision to go on with the rest of the work. I'm going to shut down after this. I took this lady through the steps in one week, and she's, she's, she's making her amends. She's making her a list. It don't take long. Don't be listening to these renegade people saying you need to wait uh, 90 days. There's nowhere in the book. You can search all you want. You can dig up the first hundred. You ain't going to see it. You can make the decision today and go on with this program of action and persevere one day at a time, and I'll pass. Thank you, Charles H. And now we have Judith R. followed by Renee C. Thank you, Katie. This is Judith R. in Vermont, gracefully recovering and recovered. Um, I got neutral with the food many, many years ago, but I did not become neutral with my character defects. And I have been 
trying to understand what a 10th step involves for months and years, and I did not get it until the other day. I finally became disturbed enough that it became very obvious to me. It was like blinking lights. This is what a 10th step is. Now do it. I was very upset with myself, with God and my sister and others, and I just pulled my car over and I I did the work of, okay, where was I selfish? Where was I frightened? Where was I dishonest? And where was I self-seeking? And all of a sudden it came easy to see all those four things that sometimes non-plus me, but it was like, okay. And I experienced what everybody's always been talking about, just this, the air out of the balloon. And it was like, oh, oh, now I can go on with my day. And I'm, I'm still in awe that that happened, in awe that it took so many years, like 40 almost. And um, I now realize that when I did step four, I did it sort of as a schoolgirl. I will do this because I have to, and I will not only do it, I will do it really well. And I, <laughs> I overanalyzed and I overdid and I, um, I actually came away more confused. So now I'm going to go back and do my fourth step now that I understand um, selfish dishonest. And I am so relieved and so grateful. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Judith. And now we have Renee C. followed by Chelsea P. I think that doesn't sound right. Okay. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. This is Renee C., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in outside of Philadelphia. This is just an amazing meeting. They they get more amazing every day. I'm not sure why that happens. probably has something to do with my attitude when I listen to Vision. But I wanted to just reread for myself these first few lines, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. And then it talks about being in a position of neutrality, not being cocky nor afraid. I think... This is an incredibly important part of our wonderful, beloved big book because I spent all of my life, childhood, adulthood, young adulthood, older age, fighting everything and everyone. And I still, you know, that's a character defect for me. I still can go there. I need to just be calm, be still be serene, and let my higher power into my heart and into my life. And this is not something that I do, you know, once a week. It's a daily practice. It's something some days I need to do one minute after another minute, one minute at a time. And I am still a cancer patient, but it's going really well. And I have a tremendous amount of gratitude to my higher power. Someone in the clergy said to me a number of months back, I see you willing yourself away from the cancer. (laughs) And I had to laugh because it's true. You know, I am willing myself. And the reality is I'm not. This is my higher power working in my life. 
So with that, I will pass. For newcomers, please keep coming back. Wait for the miracle. It does come. And thank you, everyone, for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Renee. And now we have Chelsea H. followed by Reva P. Thank you. Thanks for your service. Chelsea H., recovered compulsive eater, living in the solution one day at a time. What really um, stands out for me is that these instructions are telling me that this is how I'll react so long as I keep in fit spiritual condition. It tells me that I will be in a position of neutrality. Anytime I'm not in that posture, then I am out of alignment with the source greater than myself because I've been healed now. The spirit of the universe has healed me, and it has allowed me now to live in these spaces in life in a spiritual way. And it gives me instructions on how to do that, so that way I'm not fighting anything or anyone. And if I realize that I am fighting something or anything, then that means that I'm not in alignment with the spirit of the universe. And I need to be in that posture in order for my divine director to move me where I need to be in life as I live it. Because as I look at this, it says to me that we feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. And it has that punctuation there that if I'm neutral, nothing's going to happen to me that I'll harm myself any more than I have been doing all along up until I went through the process. The process revealed to me my exact nature and what I used to try to live that way. I had a problem living, and it's telling me now neutral living will be how I'll be moving forward in life now. And the way that I'll do that, these are the instructions where it says this thought brings us to step 10. It's my action. It's my living steps. These, to me, are the living part of the steps 10, 11, and 12. And every time I'll have to go back to step two to remind myself that one day at a time I get to live this way based on my fit spiritual condition. Um, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much. Reva P., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Good morning. Just setting my timer here. Um, this is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. This paragraph to me represents the difference between white-knuckled abstinence and being recovered because I could put down the food and do the diet um, and count the calories, but I was fighting it, um, the food, um, and I was not peaceful and not in a position of neutrality. Um, and the same thing with abstinence only, if I put the food down and, you know, it's bothering me what everybody else is eating, um, that's not recovery. And it's the same thing with other people's behaviors. Um, if I'm abstinent only and get, getting constantly irritated and upset and angry because my son wants to come back home and bring back a whole bunch of furniture and put it in the house, um, and I'm white-knuckling my anger, and trying very hard not to yell at my husband or my son, that's not recovery. Recovery is safe and protected because I do the work and I am reminded that I'm not running the show and God always, God, my higher power, whatever I want to call it, he, she, keeps me safe and protected no matter what, no matter what happens around me, no matter when things go absolutely wrong, um, no matter what, and then I don't need the food. I don't want the food. I don't need to argue. I don't need to push and manipulate to get my way. That's, that's 
a miracle. And it doesn't happen like magic because every paragraph there seems to be an if. And here they didn't put the if, they put as long as, which is another condition. And it's a huge condition because it means every friggin' day, multiple times a day, I've already had to do another step 10 this morning and it's barely 8 o'clock. This is um, what I have to do, but this is the miracle I get if I do the work. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. Okay, now we have uh, Vasa O. will take us out. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Kathy and everyone. I am grateful recovering compulsive Vita, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts, and I just love the promises. God is doing for me or to me what I couldn't do for myself. My battlefield was mostly down in my mind, and I'm so grateful that God led me into the big book and the 12 steps. What a gift. What a gift. Uh, at first coming and hearing the promises, the first night I went to my meeting, I remember saying, oh, this can be possible. It's impossible. Of course, I hadn't done the work yet, but it gave me hope. If, if I took the action, did the work, the way it's laid out in the big book, it will happen. And that, to me, the promises, I didn't have to wait till the 10th step, you know. Um, it, to me, I mean, the promise, number one promise, once I surrendered the food, God gave me the power that I could, I could say no. I mean, it was not easy, but I always went to my higher power for help, to help me not to get back to the food with whatever was going in my life. And I continued again. That was the, the, the miracle. That was the first miracle that I tried to put the food down for 25 years of my life. I couldn't do it. All of a sudden, I could. Then God must be doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And then gradually, I mean, I just love the promises. They started coming to me one by one. And I love here, it says, for by this time sanity will have returned, will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. And that's what happened to me. If the thought came for me to, you know, and I would recoil right away from the food. I'd say, no, it's not my meal time. That's not my food. And and I, it would just pass. I had a friend. She licked it once. Her finger licked it, you know. And that was the end of her abstinence. I thank God I need to be doing what I'm doing to keep and stick in, in, in spiritual things. Thank you. And I pass. Okay. Thank you so much. We have one little minute left, so I'm going to take that. Um, I just, I, I see these as hidden promises because I, um, I don't remember ever reading this part of the big book, um, prior to getting abstinent and staying abstinent. Um, I would go to AA meetings where they would talk about the promises and I would just want to wish for them to happen to me. Like it was just going to like, you know, a wishing well or something. And, um, and I, I never really believed that I would seldom be interested in liquor because food was sort of my hobby. It was, it was my vocation. It was uh, my hobby. It was everything to me. And I couldn't imagine having this neutral feeling. 
And I am so grateful today that, that I do have that, that I don't, um, that I do recoil as if from a hot flame. I actually, you know, feel physically sick if I think about um, how I used to eat. And my mother used to say that to me. Oh, doesn't that make you sick? It's like, no, you know, I can eat all this, you know, cookie dough, this entire bowl, and I never felt sick. And now, you know, the thought of, as uh, someone just said, you know, just licking the spoon is, is repulsive to me. And so, you know, I could not do that to myself. I could not wish that upon myself. And I'm just so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. And now I want to thank everyone um, who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Katie, my friends in recovery. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what we find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.